Are you a notebook person? Me too. Down. Really? Yeah. I have my notebook in there. I do a to-do list every day, which is mentally not well, but it Listen. helps guide me. Listen, I have all my to-do lists in yeah. here, so I'm the same way. Even at um, the Breakfast Club, I would come in literally an hour early. This is when I was still in school. I would do all my schoolwork for that day online, and then I would write my to-do list for the day, hour by hour, mm-hmm. minute by minute, segment by segment. And people just look at me like, okay, girl. Yeah. It's damn well, it's not that serious. But I'm like, you know, it actually is in my head because if something slips up, I'm like, I should have written it down. Yeah. I always tell my assistants that too. I'm like, can you be right? I'm that person that's like, you're not writing this down that I'm telling you. And then they always forget. For me, they, they love to be like, can you repeat that? And I'm like, see? Mm-hmm. I hate And I don't like to that. enforce it, really, because I want to be, like, chill person. Yes. But I'm like, after talking just now with you, I'm like, no, I need to enforce it. Like, every time I'm saying something, I need to be, like, recorded. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my friends and I, when I say phone, wallet, keys, they're like, yeah. yes. Two seconds later, where's my phone? I thought you heard me, girl. Yeah. Wait, what sign it. are you? What was that? What sign are you? I'm a Taurus. Okay. You're a Virgo, right? I'm a Virgo. Our sign. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. It's the grounding of it all. But I'm also um, a Sag sun and a Sag. Or no, a Sag rising and a Sag moon. Uh, so it's like either or. Yeah. The Taurus sun keeps me grounded. Thank God. Mm, I'm a triple Virgo. Really? Which is really crazy, too. I love that. I know. It's, wow, I really love that. It's a little, It's very intense. I mean, I'm very intense, I think. <laughs> I like that, though. I don't know. I think people that are, quote unquote, like, intense, that's their, like, unique thing about them. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I hate when people are just like, yeah, their energy is very abrasive or intense. I'm like, maybe it is for you. Yeah. And you can't handle it, but I like intense. They're definitely the most memorable, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. Virgos and Scorpios. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 32. Gorgeous. See, 30s look fun. 30s? Yeah. 30s are fun. Yeah. 30s are fun. I didn't think. I I used to tell myself that I was going to kill myself when I was 30, which is very intense and wrong to say. But Mm. I was very much that, um, that, like, super young cunt like lushful just like twinky like person i was so ageist mm. like i was like telling people they were old like i was like very that girl because mm-hmm. you were into like i mean like you still are now but like you were heavy into fashion like early early in your career so mm-hmm. maybe that had some type of effect because yeah youth beauty etc toxic standards of the industry and i was also I, yeah yes i looked up to like also, like, I, the people that I looked up to were, like, Paris Hilton and, you know, mm-hmm. Simple Life is, like, what raised me, essentially. Same. Yeah. Same. And then I was just given so much, um, I was, I was, I was always kind of spoiled, um, and so I got to think that I was, being spoiled makes you feel entitled, and, um, when you're entitled, you are ignorant. Because mm-hmm. I think, because no one's entitled to anything or anyone. Yeah. Um, so 
I was very in a different world when I was like super young. I see. When you say spoiled, spoiled from like parents and like upbringing or. Yeah. Like I was like, it was like, I mean, the, the story that my mom would like love to tell was like, you know, like I was an only child for so long Mm. until I was like seven or eight. So I was really like nurtured. Yeah. The world was yours, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the story that my mom always says is like, tickle me Elmo. They were sold out when they first came out and she was like, and I found it in like Indianapolis and I got it for you for Christmas. And she was like, because I had to get everything that you wanted. And like, I, I never understood. No, like I never was told no, you know, mm. which is super negative on a child. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh-huh. you have no realistic standards of anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Damn. That's how it kind of started. So then when do you remember like your first no? Or uh, like the kind of phase you fell into and you're like, oh shit, like the world outside of being an only child is much more different and... Um, I, I think it was when, um, I had a crush on this boy in high school and, um, and it was so weird cause like he didn't like me back and I like didn't really understand that cause I was just like given everything kind of, and it wasn't like, um, I do want to be clear. I wasn't like rich or I wasn't like. I wasn't in the slums. Yeah. I was like lower middle class, you know, mm-hmm. family, like parents were immigrants. Um, but I, I think that was their like American dream was making their child get everything that he wanted. Yeah. You know? um, but the, the boyfriend thing when I was in high school, I remember just being like, what? I don't know what this means. And then that also that continued on. And I would like someone because people are people yes. humans are humans and you can't, you know, you can't own a human. You can't own someone else's emotions yep. and you can't own, um, you can't control that. Yeah. Um, so I remember just being super kind of confused. So that was kind of the first kind of, um, encounter like that, that I had. Mm. That makes sense, though. And it's funny because I've never heard somebody else vocalize that because I have that same problem, too. Yeah. And I think for you, like, I resonate with you a lot because, like, it looks like when you have a goal, like, you'll do anything to get to it. (laughs) And most things that you want, you get because you work for it. So when it's things that are completely external (laughs) beyond you, like another individual and their feelings, let alone, when that happens to me and maybe you could relate, it's just like, wait, so I could get all this, I could earn that, graduate from here, or get this job, get this booking, but I can't land you. Mm -hmm. And it's this weird ego thing, as much as I hate to say it, it's Mm -hmm. a fucking ego thing where it's like, damn. Yes. I've I've come to the conclusion in therapy of what that actually is, and it starts from your childhood, obviously, for me at least. Okay, yeah. Yes, I completely relate, and I think I'm... Now in my 30s, I can understand and process a lot more than I did when I was younger. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I 
I completely relate and understand that. <laughs> Interesting. So you're from New York, right? Mm-hmm. Brooklyn. I see. Okay. So how was like upbringing then? Like you said, you're raised by the simple life essentially in Paris Hilton. How did all that and then you as a kid just make you who you are um, today? I think, well, I grew up in Greenpoint, Williamsburg, and, uh, and you know, my mom's Peruvian, my dad's Polish. Um, so I had those two kind of, I had kind of a struggle with, like, who am I? Because mm-hmm. um, I'm white passing, but, you know, my mother's side is not white passing and they have accents and you know some people are darker than others or um you know they're latin they're peruvian Mm -hmm. um and i'm very close to them i was always very close to them my father's side wasn't that close to us uh so growing up in greenpoint when i did in williamsburg it was all predominantly like polish kids and Mm. everyone I think I was like one of three brunettes in my school um and I went to catholic school till eighth grade um and I just remember I remember being like so scared of like god and like catholicism Mm. and christianity because that's what they instill in you yeah um and I think Religions are beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful to believe in something, whether it's, like, Jesus or Buddha or, you know, or a rock and the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, But growing up there and being gay and not knowing, like, what being gay was and also, like, not having anyone to kind of look up to or, like, relate to. Uh, was difficult and so I think I also what was also difficult was um, you know being given everything everything that's that they like my mom raised me in a way that sounds really beautiful but it's also kind of detrimental to a child where Mm -hmm. I remember she would get me up in the morning and um, she would like do these like affirmations to me like every day being like who's the most handsome boy in the world and i would have to answer and be like me and she'd be like who can do anything he wants to and i'd be like me yeah so like you're telling your child that and it's like beautiful um but then stepping out into the real world Mm -hmm. there's so much around you that can negate all of those things yep um and being gay was one of them Um, and just like you're being made fun of, you're being put down, like you're being told that just who you are is wrong. But then inside your house, you're like, no, but I'm being told I'm perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think dealing with all that was, I had to find some sort of escape and I just always remember being kind of, I was definitely creative. Like my mom and my dad nurtured me in that way. Um, I was an artist since I was very young and they put me in um, 
every type of extracurricular activity I could be. Mm-hmm. That's my mom's side because she's also a Virgo. Oh, okay. So Virgo mother, got you. Um, is intense, but mm, Virgo mother. She's amazing. Um, and I'm so grateful to her and my father for like nurturing my creative side. Mm-hmm. And um, I just always remember leaning towards the arts and. Um, and that's that's kind of how I found my outlet. I was, I used to like watch Disney movies. And draw all the girls. Aww. And I would just like draw them, and and I was always attracted to like Ursula, or like these yeah. like these like high femmes, mm-hmm. um, and just like the glamorization of like kind of like villains or. Because, um, I mean, all the villains in Disney were gay. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're gay, trans, Even Cartoon color. Network, like him and Power of For Girls, sure. Yeah. And it's, like, it's really crazy when you think about, um, like, why they're doing that. But mm-hmm. it makes sense why I was drawn to these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, and then I was attracted to that. And then I got to high school and that's kind of when I started to think about like clothes and actually no it wasn't high school I'm like getting my ears mixed up but yeah that's kind of how it was interesting growing up okay so then when you go to high school how were you in high school considering you came from you know elementary school middle school where you had to live with the like juxtaposing fancy word juxtaposing feelings of I like that word. <laughs> i know I, I was like i love that word i was praying i'm about to pronounce it right yeah. i'm like please let me not flop but like how did you like in high school where were you in terms of like your status of feeling those juxtaposing feelings you had to live through with in middle school and elementary school of like i'm perfect at home but i'm this and that to everybody else outside my safe haven where were you in high school because for me and i see it now in the city it's like the whole thing of like, you know, all of us kids who are like essentially like losers or called the F word or whatever. Once we grow up is when we're like, we kind of get cynical towards our past. And we're mm-hmm. like, we'll show them. Mm-hmm. Were you at that phase in high school? Or where were you if not? I think um, like coming from Catholic school, it's also like, it's not that my parents were strict or rigid, but like my mom was my mom's a Virgo and kind of control freak and mm-hmm. so about image and also she's a Latin mother so it's like you have to like uphold certain yep. standards and you know like hide everything in the living room when people are over kind <sighs> of vibe you know yep. um, when I got to high school I went to LaGuardia High School which is the performing arts high school mm-hmm. and I remember I applied I was going to go to an all boys school um, Xavier High School okay. in New York my mom wanted me to go there. She wanted me to go to Regis or Xavier, which are Catholic all boys mm. high schools. Um, and to maybe like some other gay person that would have sounded like a fantasy, but at that age, it's like no, you're you're scared yeah. of getting beat up. You're scared of exactly getting bullied every day. And I did a summer course at one of them once, and I got humiliated. Like it mm. was like crazy, and I still remember. Um, like how it affected me and so I was like I'm not I was like I can't do this yeah um, 
And so my mom was the one that heard about LaGuardia and she got me to apply. And she helped me. She's such a perfectionist too, where so yeah. she helped me um, do my <laughs> portfolio. I still remember she was like, you have to do photography, you have to do sculpture, you have to do like wow, all these things. Like okay. we're doing fine art and like um, I had like a crazy amazing portfolio. Mm. And then I got in for that. Um, I also got in for drama. Because um, I thought I wanted to be like a child actor too, which my mom also I nurtured. See. Okay, got you. Yep. Um, and I used to go on auditions. And uh-huh. I actually auditioned for Harry Potter, which a lot of people kind of no gag for that. Yeah. Um, that was very funny. Do you remember what role? I think it was like, it was, I think it was like a Harry or like a, wow. I mean, it's kind of funny because I remember it being in Times Square, the audition. Mm. Um, and it was like for, for that movie and... It was just, that was the first one. Wow. Like that was before it all, like, went crazy. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, but so I got in for drama. Crazy. I got in for art. Then I went to high school. And I remember, like, my mom would, like, choose my clothes for me up until high school. Mm. Like, she would have it laid out on the bed. Wow. She would have me and my brother, who's seven years younger, like, in the same kind of matching Aww. outfit. She would have my father's out clothing really? out. Really? Okay. So this is just with everyone. She yeah. Was- and she was super into like being preppy. Like she loved Ralph Lauren, which mm. I still, I have like such a soft spot for Ralph Lauren yeah. and like American, like contemporary, like kind of clean cut wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in high school, I fully just, it was the first time being in a public school and seeing so many different kind of races or types of people or mm. just so much kind of openness yeah um and it was a culture shock and i just remember also i had never taken the train before that like Mm. and i've lived in new york wow like born and raised in new york yeah um because i was really sheltered my whole life and so i remember in high school i met my best friend who was going to be my best friend for the next four years this girl amanda wong and she we had like a homeroom orientation and I just looked at her in the room and I was like, Oh my God, she's the coolest person. Meanwhile, I was like in a polo shirt and like khakis at like LaGuardia high school. (laughs) Um, and, and then I befriended her and then, um, she turned my world upside down Mm. and I started dyeing my hair. I started, dressing like this was when tapered pants were not okay. like we would have to buy like like we would have to go to like urban outfitters and i was a thief i was a huge thief in high school wow. um and so we would like get pants and like have to sew them ourselves to make them tight and wow. get made fun of on the train and like all this stuff um but i felt very liberated finally Mm -hmm. in school though i couldn't be that person at home oh gosh so like the tables did actually turn so now you kind of felt or did you feel more comfortable or more aligned with who you actually were at school versus at home 
Whereas in middle school and elementary school, it was the opposite. Yeah. I felt like I had to, I definitely felt like I had to hide my presence or like how I was dressing, for example. Like I would leave mm. the house in a hoodie and pajama pants. And then when I would get out at the 66th Street Station, I would take the pants off and take my hoodie off yep. and have my outfit on and walk those three blocks to LaGuardia. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just, I, I was just so scared. Yeah. I was just so scared to like be myself. But I was, I, I remember like, I mean, there were so many queer kids at LaGuardia at that time, but n- a lot weren't fully out. Like, you wouldn't really ask that. Yeah. I was fully out. I was like, I'm going to be as fully out. I was so flamboyant mm-hmm. um, and, like, obnoxiously flamboyant, I think I would say. Yeah. Um, I love that, though. It was, like, one of three kids that were out. out. Really? And you would think at, like, an art school, it would kind of be like the line would be much more fine and yeah it's also such a different time yeah exactly like that's another thing where i like now i'm like whoa i know like my brother my brother's also gay and i was just like it's so easy for him to come (sighs) (laughs) which i'm like he didn't even have to i like was like really stressed about it Mm -hmm. i was like i can't come out until i make money for myself because then i can if i get kicked out like, there's, like, no fear right now. Yeah. I mean, also, I'm living in a sheltered place, which is New York City. But, mm-hmm. um, but I know what you mean, though. It's, like, now in elementary school, it's, like, it seems like the gay kids are, like, the cool ones. Yeah. You know? Like, when I go back home to Maryland, I'll walk in an Ulta, and suddenly I'm, you know, yes, mama, down, and everything. Yeah. And I'm, like, damn, this is not how it was in elementary school. No, it's, it's I couldn't nuts. walk into Claire's or Justice. Right. It's beautiful. I'm I'm really obsessed with where culture has gone Mm -hmm. um, and just like visibility because you don't really like you don't realize how important it is until like you have someone to look at. Yeah. Which you don't really have that. I didn't I didn't have that. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of how the high school experience was. Interesting. And so when did you end up? coming out I came out I think I was 16 and I remember I was at like a pizza place in New Jersey with my mom because my mom and my father moved to Jersey in the middle of my high school mm. um, career wow so how are you or education how are you getting to LaGuardia from Jersey I, so that was really painful because like I had to commute to LaGuardia from Jersey and you have to have a like a New York State address yeah um, and so we still had this building in Brooklyn that my grandfather left my dad. Mm. Um, so we used that address, but I would have to wake up. I would wake up when it was dark out. It was like 5 a.m. Take a bus to Port Authority and then um, take the train. And then oh. I would leave school at like, what, three or something. And I would get home on the bus. It was my daily commute for like two years. That's crazy. It was so intense. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being like, I can't, I can't wait to live in New York. I was like, I, I'm never gonna, like, get me the hell out of here, mm-hmm. out of New Jersey and um, everything like that. But yeah, and I came out. We were in some place in Jersey at some like pizza place. I still remember. I don't remember the the name. 
Um, and my mom and me were talking and then somehow like, I, I didn't even say I was gay. I, I remember like my mom asking in Spanish or something. Or like I said it. Like, and we brought up Gaga. Mm. And it was like Lady Gaga talk. Ugh. And she was like, so are you like Gaga? And I was like, yeah, I'm like Gaga. Like I like both. And then I remember just <laughs> waiting for her to say something. And then she was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. Look at Gaga really. Gaga really. The girls. <laughs> Gaga, really, Gaga really did it for the girls. Um, She's how I came out also. <laughs> yeah. Gaga. You forget that like she really is. Um, that girl for our generation. Yeah. The fishing rod. The girls does. really. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for Gaga because she, I used her as my coming out. <laughs> mm, interesting. See, for me, I was coming back from community college one day and I was like, I'm never coming out until I find a boy. I like went to community college, didn't find education, but I found a boy. I liked. I'm coming back giddy as hell, blasting fashion of his love by Gaga. And my mom's like, why are you always listening to girl music? Are you gay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, I said it. So thanks, Gaga. She's bringing people together. No, she really is. I'm like, she really is that girl for our generation. No, for sure. Which is really wild when you think about it. But so she was completely fine. She was completely fine. Um, I think at that point, my father... My father was like, I mean, Polish, kind of like man, man, mm. but he was never like, he never tried to like instill anything like weirdly macho in me. Yeah. And it's actually, a, it's a little depressing because my father asked me if I was like gay and then I was like, no, are you crazy? Like what? Mm. I remember him asking me that. Like he was taking me to like a class that I was taking at like Cooper Union or something. And then he passed away, like, mm. and I didn't get to tell him. And so I, I lived with that for a long time. Um, and I was like 16 or 17 or something. And, um, but it was, it's kind of crazy when I think about it. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like you definitely know that your kids are different yeah. or anything. And, um, just the fact that they asked, you know, like it's a very different, I feel like asking is like, their way of coming in and being like, can we <laughs> fully yeah. take you on now? Exactly. Like not have a secret or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess he knows now for sure. Yeah, he definitely knows. <laughs> I mean, probably even then in that moment, he knew and was like, this is your time, girl. Yeah. No, not ready. All right. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Because if I was a parent, I'd be like, you better tell me right now. <laughs> I'd be like... I need to hear from you. I'm like, I would know already. Yeah, I'd but. be like, as long as you don't come out as straight, like, we're, right. we're all good <laughs> here. I'm pretty convinced all my kids are going to be queer, like, of some sort. I mean, this is going to be my wallpaper <laughs> in my countryside villa one day. But Just the wallpaper all over the place. This, literally, <laughs> that's honestly, that's the dream. But when did you end up going to New York? Like, was it for college? It was college. It was um, it was the summer before college, and I had a friend. Or actually, no, it was the first year that mm -hmm. I was in college, and I met a friend. 
um, at Parsons, and he. Oh, you're a Parsons girl. I went to Parsons. Love. Okay. Yeah. I went. Well, I got. I applied for. Um, I'm like, what schools did I apply to? Well, I applied to Cooper Union because I wanted to be a fine artist mm-hmm. fully, like down. I all see. I used to do because in high school I was a fine artist. Yeah. But all I would paint was self portraits. That's all I did. I see. Okay. That was. I was like, if I'm gonna I be an artist, know. I have to have like a thing. I didn't know you painted any true. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and, but I've always thought like that. I've always thought like marketing, mm-hmm. which is something that I realize how valuable it is now. Yeah. Um, and so I applied to like Cooper Union and it was obviously way too conceptual for me because I was like sitting in these classes and I was like, this is really not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're looking at like a dot on a <sighs> piece of paper. So much words, no job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I can, like, appreciate it now, but, like, when you're young, you're so, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're either there or not. Exactly. Um, and then I applied to FIT, and I was convinced I was going to FIT because I was like, it's cheap. Like, my parents can't afford college. Mm-hmm. I always thought about that, too. Like, I'm not going to make – I'm not going to go into debt for school or um, make my mom pay for something yeah. that, like, she can't afford. And then I applied for Parsons, and then I got, like, a full scholarship, which was really nice. And, um, yeah, and so I got there, and I studied fine art and fashion at Parsons. Mm. And um, I eventually left the fine art past, and I fully went into kind of, like, fashion mode. But, yeah, wait, what did you ask? (laughs) I'm like... No, I pretty much asked that. Yeah, like, how did you get to New York? Like, was it school? Oh, yes, like, yes. school was, like, the gateway. Like, most school of us queers. School was the yeah. gateway. I didn't dorm. I thought I wanted to dorm because it's, like, such a fantasy mm-hmm. to just, like, oh, you're in New York. But then I was commuting, like, the first year, and then I met a friend, and then we kind of ended up living together. Aww. And I, like, lived in his, like, um, living room. And he was, like, super rich. Okay. And I was like, that's the way in. Exactly. Like, you have to find, a, which sounds, like, super manipulative, but, like, I'm always, like, I told my brother that, too, when he wanted to move out. I was like, you have to find someone really rich to exactly. be friends with. Exactly. And then just kind of get your foot in the door in that way. I mean, Madonna couch surfed when she got here. Right. And look at her now. And that's what I was doing. I was couch surfing. <laughs> and I didn't even realize. Um, so that's ambition kind of moment. how I got to New York. And, I, and then I never left. I see. Yeah. Interesting. So at that point, was it styling that was the goal or was it designing? Like, who did who did you want to be at that time? Because I think about, like, freshman year me and just, like, college era, me and I'm, like, completely different girl. Yeah. What was the goal for you at that point? I was, um, I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. Mm. And then... I just, but I just also remember being so different than the kids at Parsons. Um, there were like these mean, there were these like mean white gays that were so like oh, fashion and yeah. so like, you know, like very like, um, oh, yeah. very like, it was very the time of like the Rick Owens, like kind of like jackets that were like kind of triangle oh, cut here, yeah. you know, and like the long scarves because it was hipster. It was mm-hmm. post misshapes. New York. Yep. Um, so everyone was kind of wow, gothy, hipster, kind of stuff like that. And I was always into like 
color. So I was automatically like, they were like, that one's weird, you know, because you had to fit into that niche to be kind of like fashion. Which is crazy because fashion is a creative industry. So Mm -hmm. it's like by me or by you expressing our individuality and our creativity out in our own way, we're suddenly crazy because we don't look like all y'all clones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went to LIM for a year, so I understand the feeling because it's a very like the fashion schools are very like i i wouldn't say clicky but it's like there's people there i mean i'm sure they told you too like the first year at parsons they were like look next to you and look to the right of you (sighs) like look to your left look to your right and they were like half these people won't be here next year yeah i was like whoa and i was like that's that was like the first day at like parsons orientation Mm -hmm. and they were right yeah because um People, LIM is another school that, like, you have to pay yeah. to get in. So Girl. a lot of people with money go, same as Parsons, and they're like, oh, I like fashion, but you actually like shopping. And exactly the work that goes into it. Because when you study fashion at those schools, you're doing tech packs. You're doing all this, like, a Photoshop, yep. Illustrator, like, learning how to sew me i never wanted to like i hated it Mm. i hated it i wanted to be a designer at that point like my first few years yeah um and i was like i'm gonna be a fashion designer and i was like i'm gonna have my collection Mm -hmm. and i made like mini collections when i was there and people would like i had this one friend that she was supportive but like she always made fun of me um closet hater because there was like a collection that i called like honolulu or something it was like weird, like Hawaiian print, like shirts, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it wasn't shirts; it was like body wear, and uh, it was actually buy. so fab. And then, like three years later, Margella came out with that like pr- collection that had like Hawaiian print yes, boots and, exactly. and on paper. And I was like, oh. and I was like, see, I was like, I'm a trend forecaster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be a designer, wow. and then I fell into styling because that friend that I was living with he was interning for stylists Mm. and I remember and he would do shoots and like I would I remember I was obsessed with Jeremy Scott yeah because that's when like the food fight collection came out yeah and he was still so underground he wasn't like he didn't have his Adidas collab yeah he didn't have like anything like that and it was like Corey Kennedy was wearing it and mm-hmm. she was front row mm-hmm. and like the misshapes. And I was like, Oh, these people are so cool. And uh, these clothes are so like fun. Yeah. There was nothing like that. No. Um, and then he was going to an appointment, like to go see the collection. And I was like, can I just act like your assistant? Cause I want to see the clothes. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being like one of the first things like awakenings of me being like, okay, I like clothes, but like, I don't, I'm not really putting it together. Yeah. Yet. Um, and then he asked me if I could help him on like, if I wanted to intern for these two stylists, which are Natasha Roy and Katie Mossman, okay, who are big stylists. Yeah. Like now when I say that to people, they're like, kind of like shocked. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you are kind of like a classically trained girl. Yeah. Um, yes. And I remember being around, I just never have been around so many luxurious things. And I was like always obsessed with luxury. Mm-hmm. And I remember like seeing a Louboutin for the first time because it was so like unattainable. And it was like for this shoot for like Harper's Bazaar that I was interning for. And it was like 
it was Crystal Wren was this model that was plus size back then. Oh, okay. Um, but like not plus size yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly. And I remember seeing this Louboutin and I was just like holding it and I was just like, oh my God. It was like crystal, like nude uh. stocking mesh with like a pump, like crystal at the mm-hmm. front. And I just remember looking at it and I was like, whoa. And I was like, I like, I like this, but still didn't tie anything in together. Cause yeah. I thought styling was um, a joke. I didn't think it was a real job. Interesting. Did you not know how you can make what you were studying like for you at that point? I think it was, um, I just didn't, I, I didn't understand how people needed help getting dressed. Yeah. Cause I was like, I know what to, to wear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, everybody has, I would look at people and I was like, I never looked at people like, oh, they look bad or they look crazy. Yeah. I was just like, that's everyone's style. So I was like, you got dressed in the morning. So I was like, why are you needing someone? You know what I mean? Yeah. I literally thought it was like a bullshit job. Yeah. Like for so long. That's why I interned in it. Cause I was like, mm. I'm just having fun. I'm not doing this for my career. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like up until you get into quote unquote, the industry, it's like you realize how many moving parts there are for a shoot styling is one of the biggest part of them mm-hmm. we wouldn't think that though when we're little because we're just like all right girl yeah you should already already know what you're wearing and you know you think about set design and that and mood boards and stuff it's like yeah girl there's much more that so goes much. into these interesting yeah interesting so that's kind of how that started okay and it started i was interning at that time um for those stylists at school I think it was the summer that I was interning for um, and then that's kind of when I fell into DJing too I see yeah so yeah I was gonna ask that because DJing is so like I don't know I feel like it's so common now which is hot I literally texted you the other day I was like yeah I'm, yeah. I'm DJing my first gig right now yeah but how does that happened because now I feel like it like literally how I got my fucking deck and my start DJing just now my neighbor literally just gave me his deck that he wasn't using and I'm like oh okay I have a gig next week awesome how did you fall into there's so much I mean there's so much competition now it's kind of nuts I know which I'm like I've I said it like the other day to like someone and I, I was just like I'm actually so grateful that I started when I started mm. um because I I was I was going out with my friend again, my friend Mark. He's the one that um, the rich one that the housed you. One, Ugh, yes, that housed me. Love a rich friend. Baby. Mark really helped me. Um, I really love him, and he. We don't keep in touch, but you know, he's he really impacted my my career and my future, and I'm forever grateful to him. Um, but he would take. He was the one that took me out. Like he would take mm. me out to all these parties, and when I was at Parsons and. I didn't realize what I was doing, but like when you are hanging out in these circles and at, like we were going to like Kenmare and um, Avenue and all these like places where like Sophia Lamar was at, like that's yeah. when I first met her. And like, you know, like all these kind of like downtown kind of the post misshapes era. Exactly. You know? So like all these people 
mm-hmm. were in all these spaces, and I was like the youngest one, basically. I see. Okay. I was like 19, 18 going out. Mm. Um, and I remember I had someone's fake ID that worked. It was a real ID. Gorgeous. And um, I was at Avenue every week with him. Like we were just, it was Models and Bottles Club. That was like the heyday yeah, of that's Models right. and Bottles. But like it wasn't like tacky. It was like the it downtown kids, like the gays in all black, like wearing all Rick and Andy mm-hmm. Meester. And then like you had like the college kids that were like the fashion, ga- you know, it was like, very sectioned off like that and i remember i was at avenue every week and um our friend who i became friends with she was the host at the Mm. table her name was nicole um she came to a birthday party and it was at my friend's house my friend veronica at that time and i was just playing music off my ipod because i was like okay it's a birthday party like whatever yeah and then uh she was like, do, do you want do you want a DJ Avenue? And then I was like, I've never DJed. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, if you want to, like, I can talk to them and we can try. Aww. And I was like, okay. I was like, Let's, she, and she was like, it was something like six, like not even six hours, maybe like four hours of DJing for like $150. Really? And she was like, but you could drink for free. You're already there. And I was like, this is a sweet gig. Exactly. I get to go to school, tell all my friends that we can go out to this Mm -hmm. club, underage, get free liquor. It's watered down. But it's free liquor. free liquor, exactly. And then I get to play the music. I was like, because my music's going to be so much better than like everyone else's. Yep. I was like, this is amazing. And then I remember I did not know how to DJ. And then my best friend, Luisa, who I'm still best friends with, her best friend um, was DJing. Like, her and him would DJ. Okay. And it was, like, on software called DJ. And it was very, like, you just drag it. And, like, really? That's it on okay. the computer. Got you. Because this was also, like, Everybody was DJing off computers back then. I see. It was like very that. pre-Serato, pre-all the other girls. Yeah, well, yeah. like the downtown kids. Like the downtown, like, mm. city kids. Like the rave scene was completely different. Okay, gotcha, you know? gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Like they were, you know, like the ghetto gothic scene and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That They were on CDJs. Like I They see. were more manual, formal kind of yeah. DJs. Um, and I remember I DJed with him. I told him, I was like, can we... DJ together for this first gig mm-hmm. and I just stood there and like told him <laughs> which songs to pick and he would do it and then she was like the next day she was like oh they want you to DJ every week like you have a residency Aww. there I was like sweet and so my first girl. DJing residency was at Avenue and then every other like mega club or major club in New York I got a residency at like shortly wow. after like every downtown club and i was just like i remember there was one point where i was like djing monday through saturday every day really and going to school and i was so broke Crazy. that i was like you know like my mom couldn't support mm-hmm. my, like going to a rich school like that like you have to buy lunch yeah because you don't want to like make your own lunch mm-hmm. and you have to buy clothes and um yep the like basic upkeep at those schools is so it's much. a lot and then you're also in the city too yeah literally the most expensive and you're, place ever and you're so impressionable so you think that all these things matter, matter. you know yeah um and so i was just making so much money i remember i was like Ooh. 
this is amazing and like interesting but that's how i started teaching wow and i didn't know anything i was like i remember like the next week i would do this thing where i would ask the djs before me to like hook up my stuff for me Mm. but do it in a way i was like i can't look like i know what i'm i'm not doing yeah like i can't look like that so i was like matthew you have to make make it seem like it's supposed to be done already so i was like oh this should be done like i'm gonna call (laughs) them you know and then i would watch them do it and i would open my phone my notes and i would be like okay red wire on left wow so i would i would do things like that Mm -hmm. write down everything and then um and then practice it like i would show up earlier to sets and and be like okay does this work yeah i wouldn't want to ask anybody because at that point people that i knew were like veteran djs yeah so i was like i can't look like i don't know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. i think the same way (laughs) i do that that was literally me djing the other day i was like okay yeah down interesting so was it after the residencies when you're like, okay, I need to start like actually practicing and like making this like my craft. Yeah. Essentially. Or like you kind of also just practice on the go too. Yeah. I think I remember, I, I remember I was like, I don't want to do the computer anymore. Um, cause I had fallen into also like the downtown crowd, like kind of crossed over with like the rave scene. And like, that's when I was like, um, exposed to like ghetto gothic mm-hmm. and like that world and we all like all those people that like are like you know like total freedom yeah who does Mugler and like venus and like telfar and shane yeah. from like hood by air like all these people we all were kind of coming up at the same time they're a little older so they already had their um, like footing yeah, yeah and like they were throwing the party so i was more of just like a party goer mm-hmm. um but i just remember like it crossed over and i just started seeing and hearing all these different sounds that i didn't know i could play out yeah you know i was i was so exposed to this whole new world and i was like oh my god i was like i need to learn how to do this and I was like because this is so much better than what I'm doing right now yeah and um, I started seeing people take take their craft seriously because where I was DJing at um, was it's not in a disrespectful way but it was kind of just like you clock in you clock out and you play music you play the music for the people mm-hmm. and um, and you're not really like like I don't know what a lot of the DJs, their sounds were, you know, yeah, they were kind of, it was kind of like a playlist, mm-hmm. which is also good to have. Like I have that mentality completely because I was going in between scenes and I was like, how do I bring the like scene that is kind of underground yep. to the mainstream kind of downtown New York scene, mm-hmm. but make it, make it be like, digestible for these people yeah because these people will go there and be like oh, i can't listen to this exactly you know so that's kind of when it started and then i like took i was already like maybe three or four or five years into it and then i like took like a scratch academy class 
by myself and really? I didn't tell anybody and I like wore like in it. and I was like oh I can't like let anyone know yeah that I'm doing this um when in reality it didn't matter but mm-hmm. that's kind of when it when I started to take it a lot more seriously interesting total side note I will say like you mastered putting those two sounds together thank you like you like you curate sets girl thank you like my friends and i've been fucking fans for a long time for a reason like i think it was what like when i moved back to the city around like 2018 whenever we'd see that your name was like you were playing at on top or more more and more we're like we don't care what we're doing that day we are going to see Mm -hmm. master i love that and it was i think that era where you would open up with the 20th Century Fox. Oh my God, that was an era. That was an era, right? Like that, that shit is era. so memorable for me. Like that's why like, I now just tell people straight up that like I high key stand them in which I do. Like those nights are so memorable to me. So like just know that you mastered it and yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You did that, of course. That of course. was an era. Yeah, that was an era. And so we're at this point where you already like, was the name Mazerbay like, did you already identify as that? Or like, did you already pick that name? How were you going? Like, say you're playing at Avenue. What would they put on the flyer at that time? Well, Avenue didn't have flyers. That was another thing. There were no flyers for these parties. Yeah, exactly. That was another thing, which I completely just forgot about until you just said it. Mm -hmm. Like I would DJ at these places and there were no flyers. You were just there. I was just there. And, um, or like, I remember like Westway way before anyone's time mm-hmm. um but like westway would have flyers and my name would be like very small and all that kind of stuff but my my name Mazerbay actually came Mazerbay or Mazerbay whichever came from high school from amanda wong oh she said it as a joke once and then i was like huh and then i just started like yep it just stuck and then um as I went to like college and everything, I was like, okay, I guess I'll just keep it. And then it became like a, such a talking point um, mm-hmm. when I started DJing, but I was like, that's just going to be my name. It just naturally went into it. Yeah. And then um, it definitely like, it scared me a little while because when I was starting to be taken seriously in the fashion realm of like parties and stuff, Mm-hmm. A lot of people that were like in big positions at like agencies or stuff, like they told me to change my name because I wouldn't get booked. Mm. Um, and I remember I I was so scared that I did change it for a little while. Really? Yeah. And I just <sighs> went by my name, and I think I got like one gig. Oh. Like during that time. Yeah, like, I changed my name for just one gig, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, like, and I remember doing that. And then I was, like, you know what? I'm not going to be with this agency, and I won't name the agency. But mm-hmm. they told me that. And it was very, like, fashion, music, PR. Yep. You know? So it was, like, they had, like, I w- also won't name those names, but, like, you know, like. A the, clientele. Yeah. There a was clientele. a very specific clientele. Um and I was, after that, I was just like, no, I'm going to just stick it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had brands tell me that, like, fashion brands would tell my friends who work in PR. 
being like, yeah, we, we, we want to book him, but we can't because of his name. Um, wow. And then it turns out that all those brands in the past three, four years, I've worked with all of them. See? Yeah. Exactly. The ones that said no, completely just, you know. Came back to you. Yeah. So the name has been there since high school. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, to me, that just sounds like you just staying true to what's authentic to you. First of all, it's a name. It's literally not that like deep. It's just words put together to make or letters put together to make one big word. Y'all like, it's really not that deep to begin with. I don't know why we're all going wild over it, but where like when they came back to you now in retrospect, like did you have any feelings of like resentment of like hmm. scenario coming back where you're just like, hmm, I'll take the gig. Thanks. I thought about it. Like there's many times yeah. that I could be very petty in my life because so many things have come full circle mm-hmm. and there's many times I'm, I'm very, I'm a Virgo. So I'm very, like I told you so. Yep. But that's exactly why I asked. Yeah. But I've realized <laughs> to be, humble on the outside at least with certain things um is a lot nicer that's one thing that i've i've never forgotten that like where someone told me like something about kim kardashian where um you could say a lot about her but she's the nicest sweetest person that you'll ever work with or she's so respectful or something like that Mm -hmm. and like that's her like advice is like always be nice to everyone and like be as respectful or um, have manners, stuff like that. It's very simple. Yeah. But, um, so I remember that with, with things that come full circle in that started out negatively and, and positively. Yeah. Um, so I do, I, I do kind of just go in that mode. Yeah. Cause I mean, also like what, what good does it do to just like keep on looking back on it in yeah. anger to quote the oasis song you know mm-hmm. like it doesn't really do much some like i also know like i kind of understand it from the company's perspective mm-hmm. like they're just trying to watch their backs because there's so many different degrees of people over yeah. them and departments and blah 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 and all that do i care that much no not really but i understand it yeah so it's like okay yeah it's also i mean culture has shifted exactly so much like yeah it's like if you're not sex positive then what are you you know and exactly. I remember someone told me that. They were like, but your name is so sex positive. And I was like, oh, I guess it is. I was mm-hmm. like, I just it thought is. it was like, yeah, I was like, I guess I just thought it was like cute like and cunty. funny. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, whatever. Um, but yeah. So now, now it seems to be like no one has a problem with it. That's good. Because um, I mean, DJ flyers that I see now, some of the names, I'm like, what? I like parties too. I mean, like shout out to Dick Appointment, but like I'll be talking to my right. friends out of state. I'm like, yeah, I was at Dick Appointment last week and at fucking, you know, Gangbang Thursdays. My friends yeah. are like, wait, what? And I'm yeah. like, oh, girls, just to a party. Us, it's so normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, do you have anyone treat you differently because of your name, especially like in nightlife or whatever? Like, do people come to a certain way, especially if they're meeting you for the first time? Do they expect something of you that you might not resonate with because of your name, you think? Yeah, I think people think, well, people. Um, the persona that is attached with my name, I think, mm-hmm. is very, like... Well, people are shocked to know that I don't drink. And, like, I haven't drank. Or, like, 
done anything since like 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are kind of shocked there now now it's gotten around so people don't really offer me drinks yeah make it make it a thing Mm -hmm. um and they expect me to just be like this crazy loud like kind of like puppeteer Uh like whatever um and i'm actually like i'm actually very chill and very like you know of course i was like that when i was younger but i was also like drinking and on so many drugs yeah all that stuff so that obviously alters you but i think people people definitely have a different perception of who i am when they first meet me Mm. um and then they get if they get if they get to know me if i allow them to get to know me yeah because i also don't open up to a lot of people i'm the same way i'm the same way it's not against anyone but it's like i'm already so happy with who i have already yeah it's hard it's also i think in new york like I'm obsessed with New York. I love New York. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people that are in New York are, don't really have the best intentions all the time. And so I've been burned or I've been hurt by friends or people that I meet and, um, that I've trusted because I trust fully when I do. Mm -hmm. And then it just ends up biting you in the ass and then you get closed off and all that stuff. So, so I, but I've been better with it now where I'm like, okay, some people get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. See, do you know what your Venus is in? Mm, okay. I mean, I just know the three. That's what matters. The three Virgo. No. Yeah. Cause I was going to say same thing with me. It's like investing in people is literally such an investment. Yeah. And nothing feels shittier than when you feel like you invested in the wrong person or you wasted a worthy investment onto somebody that wasn't really meant for you. Of course, they've taught you a lesson, but it's just like, oh, fuck, not this again, especially here in the city. We're all adults. It's like, damn, running into this shit. It hasn't happened to me in a long time, thank goodness. But, like, I understand that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's It's interesting. But you live and you learn. Yeah, exactly. So how did... You and Tom and me. I know I asked him this, but I want your... Oh, I'm like, what did he say? Angle. Um, how did we meet? We met because he has his um, very cute clothing brand, mm-hmm. And I somehow came across it on Instagram. And then I did my whole spam-like thing. Because I was like, I want these things for free. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and um, I remember like DMing him and I was like, oh, I'm going to get it for free. Like, whatever. He charged me full price for three things. Mm. And I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, that's fine. Um, it wasn't expensive. Yeah. But I was just being like bitchy. And then I got the items and then I remember him he followed me after I got the items and then I l- went on his page and I was like why is this person verified I was like I don't know who this person is uh-huh. I was like I mean I guess I'll follow back I don't know why I don't follow people back mm-hmm. um, that's also my trauma but <laughs> um, we learn and I followed him back for some reason and then we kind of like were DMing and then I was like, Oh, I'm going to put him on my close friends. And Uh then I was like strategic with what I was 
posting, but not really. I was strategic with putting him on there, but then I was like posting about like Galliano fashion shows and Margell and like all mm-hmm. this stuff. And that's when we first talked. Was he um, responded to like one of the fashion show posts? Oh, or he something. got the references. He got the references, Ugh. and he was like, he wanted to know about them, and Ugh. I explained it fully, and like. He told me that, like, we've talked about it. He's like, I knew then that you were, like, open because you explained something that, like, you cared so much about. Uh, that's um, so cute. And then we we booked, we were, like, playing the same party in Miami. Um, and I was actually, like, involved with someone that he knew at that point, And that didn't work out. I see. Um, but that's the first time we saw each other, but we didn't, like, say anything to each other. Mm-hmm. Then we were talking when I came back to New York and he came back to New York and like we were DMing or whatever. Um, and we saw each other at Basel. Like we were both there at the same mm-hmm. time. And then um, he was like, oh, do you want to do you want to come to my set or something? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to like be able to. But like if you want to come here, I was DJing at Soho House. And he came with his two friends and he was at the wrong place in Soho House for like 45 minutes. Uh, no. And I was like, oh, he never came. And then he was there like the last 10 minutes. Oh. Um, and then that was the night that we like, we hung out the whole night and he walked me, we walked along the like boardwalk in Miami to my hotel. And we, I left like, four hours later for the airport and he walked me to my hotel. We hung out. Um, and then we like, I went in for the kiss. He was not going to go in for the kiss. And then I just like pecked him on the kiss and then I got in my elevator and I was like, okay, bye. Oh, and that was how we met. And then we like, um, I don't even remember like how, when or whatever, but that's how we met. Interesting. Yeah. So throughout the night, like, did you have a feeling you're like, okay, I'm kind of into him. This isn't just like an oomphy from Instagram. I'm kind of like into him. Or was it that moment when you kissed me, you were just like, okay, you know, this the, is better the, be it. The thing is before him, I was like, um, I've only ever been in like one other relationship and it was very public. Really? And yeah. See, I was going to say, I never hear anything yeah about you and like your personal affairs and just personal life it's very beyonce like very i love it under control that control you know i love it marketing (laughs) genius yep um but i've 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 only been in one relationship and it was very public Mm -hmm. and um me and him have so much love for each other still we're great um but i learned i was so i was younger and um during that period of time, like post breakup, when I felt like I was ready to date or anything like that, I was kind of fixated on like, okay, this person has to be my boyfriend and this person, I need a boyfriend or, you know, like all that stuff. And so when you put pressure on things like that, yeah, it always ends up badly. Always. It's like, I got one now time to show the world, put it everywhere on Instagram. I'm now one with y'all in your relationships. Yeah. And I ended up, um, getting involved with a few guys that were just not, it was not good. Mm -mm. Um, (laughs) 
the works, you know, like yeah, people wearing my clothes, like people, you know, like just that's so corny. everything that like you don't you kind of hear about, but then you're like, is this really happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so he was kind of the first person that I was just like, I'm just gonna have fun. I was like, I don't know who he is. I don't, which was a plus. I was like, I don't want to know anybody. I don't want to know their history. I don't want to, I want like an untouched leaf in the garden. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and from the moment that we like first hung out, I was just like, this is just not whatever, but I was like, I'm not applying any of my normal ideas on this. No expectations. Yeah. No nothing. Yeah. And he exceeded all of them and I was just like so chill about it and it's still so chill and it's still so great Mm -hmm. um that it feels like we've just like known each other for so long and like we spend every day together basically he basically like we live together without Mm -hmm. like living together um but I really I really love him um yeah I love that though because it feels like you both know each other well enough where it's like you both are each other's best friends, but you also are partners Yeah, together, which is easy to mix up. And like, that's where I'm getting now in my own personal life. I'm like, Oh, like you don't just want a boyfriend girl. Mm. I don't need a man. First of all, I'm not looking for a man to quote Rihanna, but mm. like, it's like, Oh, you actually need to know the person, have a good relationship with, with each other work well with each other you need to be compatible there's so much more background yeah and foresight that goes into it yeah and this and to go off that like for us i remember we didn't do anything public for months Mm. we kept it super under wraps the only people that knew that i was dating someone were like my closest friends i didn't post anything on instagram i didn't post like there was nothing we both didn't Mm. um and it was because he's public. He's a public figure. Yeah. And I'm a public figure. Mm-hmm. And it's not like to the scale of celebrity at all. It's not, I'm not delusional. But I think within, you know, he's very much in the underground scene. And um, he's like a budding star. Yeah. And I am where I am, wherever I fit in, you know. And so I was like, I want to do this very differently and approach this very differently because with my ex, it was like right off the bat, I was like showing everything off and Mm -hmm. you know, I was just like very in that mode of like thinking that that was what love meant or you like someone. Mm -hmm. And, and in reality, it's like, I've realized when something is special to me, I don't like to share it with the world. I like to keep it. Something's private. Exactly. It's like when you like when you're a kid, you get like a toy you want to show everyone. Right. It, because it's like it's nice, but it's still just like plastic and it's going to be meaningless in a few years. But then yeah. when you find something real, you're like, OK, I'm not about to just like make my partner, somebody who I love, my best friend, my show pony just for my right. Instagram. It completely like defaces like their value to you and their value as an individual. Yeah. And I'm sure I mean, I know that that helped the relationship because mm-hmm. we really got to know each other without people observing or giving their opinions yep. or um and so that really helped us get to know each other and like actually build some sort of foundation that was like real mm. rather than like it could have gotten very muddy you know yeah exactly i love it how is it 
with the dynamic, like you said, like both of you are public figures, how is dealing with that? Because especially in our community, I feel like there's always this weird cloud of like, one has to be the, how do you say it? Like one wears the pants, one doesn't. Whereas both of you have your own lives and are both so successful in your own personal things. How does that apply within your relationship? I'm not asking in terms of like getting the scoop because I could care less about the scoop, but I ask just because I love seeing both of y'all thrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for us, it's, it's very, um, it's mutually beneficial for us, I think. He, I mean, he, wait, what was the question? I'm like, how was it? How yeah, is yeah. it? I'm like, even I'm forgetting my question. Um, it was just asking like both being public figures and both mm. having like really successful careers and lives of your own. How do you balance that dynamic? In okay. your relationship yeah. or how just overall how is that dynamic i think it's very weird because it's like we don't really realize that we're public figures until we like go outside into these spaces that mm. we are like when we're at home like like he is such a homebody he, he if he could stay home and eat the same meal every day f until he dies mm -hmm. he would like he is so that person yeah like, he's like an old man like that Mm -hmm. Me, I'm the one that's like, okay, we got to go out. We have these events to do. Meanwhile, I'm exhausted, but I'm like, okay, I know Still what this got means. Still got to, yeah. You know? um, and so if anything, I'm like, you know, I'm, it, it kind, they kind of balance each other out because he, he makes me very grounded and he, um, he'll bring me back to reality. He'll check me. Even like mm -hmm. this past Mother's Day when I was with my family, like. He's like, okay, just remember, like, don't, you don't have to teach them a lesson. Like, it's Aww. not your lesson to teach them. And I was like, no one has ever said that to me. Aww. And I've, like, listened to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, the dynamic is very, like, it feels very equal. Because if one helps the other with something, whether it's financial or emotional or you know, structural or anything like that, the other compensates with their strength. Yeah. You know, mm. at that point in time where they are, mm. you know, so I feel very, I feel very equal with him, which is very nice. Yeah. Cause I haven't felt that dynamic in any relationship that I've been in. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I'm so happy for both of you. Thank you. Genuinely. <laughs> Thank you. Really happy for you both. And I remember I asked him last time he was on my show, randomly, what's his favorite candy? So what's yours? I don't be eating candy like that. He be eating Not candy. even a Lifesaver gummy? No. See, I uh. remember seeing that and I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> he's the one, honestly, I eat like shit. I'm going to blame him and he's going to be so mad. But I, I really indulge when I'm with him. Because Aww. I'm like... But I... Yeah. Like... I don't be eating candy like that. I'm more of like a cake. Oh, like I a love pastry a cake. and a cake oh, and like stuff pastry. like that. That's where I get messed up. Mm. But candy's not really for me. See, I'm not a candy girl either, unless if it's like a lifesaver gummy. Mm. Like after the club, like I don't drink either. I'm sober. After the club, going to a bodega and grabbing a thing of lifesavers as my little. Yeah, that sounds great. Ugh. 
glamour. Yeah. That is glamour to me, baby. But I love a pastry, too. Yeah. I love a pastry. I was just at the grocery store today, and they have, like, a little market part of it where they have pastries. And I was like, girl, you just went on a jog next week. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, not now, girl. But, no, I feel that. I only, like, indulge in stuff like that when I'm with friends or with a certain someone. Yeah. 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 But I wanted to also complete pivot, and we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. What led you to your decision of being sober? Because I I love – we love everybody. We love people that want to dibble and dabble and do stuff. But also, like, it's really hard to maintain that, especially, like, in our community. And so many people are drinking and doing drugs, which is fine. But also, like, I don't care. I sound like a granny. But, like, people still really peer pressure Mm. out here, too, and say, no, girl, I know you're this, but have that. How do you maintain that? First of all, what led you to your decision of being sober and living that lifestyle? And then how do you upkeep in those moments when people are just being people around you in certain situations, considering you work in nightlife too. Um, I like to think that I wasn't given the option, but in 2016, basically, but it was my decision. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, which came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was 25, 26, mm-hmm. baby. And living my life thinking that I was like the most gorgeous, cunt, young, thin, untouchable, untouchable. Yep. And then I got told this and um, my whole world just kind of collapsed. But I knew that I had to like figure something out. Um, And I was with my ex at the time and he really helped me. And, you know, he was there for me and I'll forever be grateful to him. And my best friends were all around me during that time. Um, And I remember going to this doctor that I tell everybody about that I care about (laughs) love and he's kind of like I call him my shaman um but he really is just like he's like your gay like Italian aunt Uh, you know I love yeah but I was recommended to him after I got you know I got my surgery um I was in radiation for it Mm. um and then I got to see him because I, someone recommended me to him. And they were like, he basically is like, he builds superhumans. And I was like, okay. But the thing that, to- that sold me was um, the person that recommended me was like, yeah, when I got into his office, because basically what he does is like he takes three bags of blood or something like that. Mm. And then you come back in a month and then he reads you down. Not just medical stuff. But, like, psychic. Really? So, when he um, when he met her, he, right when she sat down in his chair, he was like, how's the bird? And she told me, she was like, there was a baby bird that was living on my patio. There's no one that lives with her. No way. And then when she left, she went <gasps> home, the baby bird wasn't there. So, I was like, okay, I have to see this man. So when I saw him finally, three, like three weeks after the fact that I got my blood taken out from him, the moment I sat down, he was like, you and your boyfriend are going to break up in three months. And I was like, no. I was like, my boyfriend, he's my soulmate. Blah, blah, blah. Three, four months later, we broke up. No way. Nuts. And so he went through like all this stuff. He told me that. He told me that the cancer was, there was no familial 
like pattern because mm. you only get thyroid cancer if it's familial like if your yeah. parents have it or you were born in like chernobyl kind mm. of radiation which is none of them yeah and um he he was like you got this cancer because you never spoke about the grief that you've endured and it manifested itself in your throat chakra and i was like he was like i could have saved your thyroid if you would have come to me beforehand so he basically read me down crying the whole time wow. in this office yeah crying the whole time in this office visit and then he told me he was like oh and another thing like you are not like everyone else now like you have to watch what you do he's mm. like you can't he was like when's the last time you like did drugs or like anything like that i was like i don't know like maybe like three weeks ago lies i did it the night before and he was like i know that you did it last night and i was like okay so he was like you have wow. to stop everything he was like you have to stop everything and and the next day i did i stopped everything cold turkey and it was so difficult because i remember that week it was like fashion week and i was djing a jeremy scott party mm -hmm. and that was my first encounter with people just being like belligerently drunk yeah like in the d as especially as a dj people come to you behind you they yep. love to be all of a the sudden they think that like it's their time to talk to you um not even like requesting songs but just like talk and like be people love to be in the booth i don't understand it i don't understand it either i'm on the floor twirling yeah it's like my f <laughs> if my best friends aren't behind me then why some like fourth person like that came with the friend of a friend is like in the booth people you know? just like to stand there and just be seen it's very bizarre to me it's always been bizarre people do that the rosemont too and i'm like you want to stand behind that oh my god refrigerator? There's, no space. there's no space babes swimming and vodka crayons so yeah so i i stopped the next day and then i had that gig and um i remember being like this was the worst experience of my life. And I was like, I'm going to quit teaching. And I told myself, I was like, I left it. It was at flash factory, the party. And I was like, I'm quitting this part. I'm quitting teaching. Mm. I can't do it. I can't do it if I'm not under some type of influence. Yeah. And then somehow I continued, I guess. And, um, and yeah, it's been ever since. And people at first it was, I realized in being sober, because um, sober is such a loaded word. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes people, my sobriety, when it first happened, it made people more uncomfortable with themselves because then they project that onto you. Mm -hmm. And what I realized in being sober and not being able to alter myself was you're really, it's terrifying because it really like leaves you with yourself. There's no one yeah. to blame. There's nothing to blame. You're left with your thoughts and your actions fully. Mm -hmm. You have to really be really, really confident in yourself um, to be sober and to go out in a city or in a society at least that doesn't support that really. Yeah. Beautifully said. <laughs> that's a, that's the thing. It's like, and you know, it's not to shame anyone for the choices they make and how they, you know, live their lives. But it's like, 
whenever you bring up or like for me speaking on like my behalf like i'll bring up like yeah i don't really drink it's always well okay well i need for you know to be loosened up and this and that and i'm like okay that's cool and then i'm still offered a drink and i'm just like yeah babes <laughs> i don't like i don't it's not that i don't want one i don't really need one yeah i'll take a sugar-free red bull yeah you know and people people are uncomfortable with it i what i realized also like in going out like friends of mine or people that would be you know like around me when i would go out mm -hmm. once they started to know um like they would be like very protective of it around mm. me be like he doesn't drink don't offer him. like Aww. to the point where it would get serious and i'm like i don't care i'm like yeah. i don't care that like tama drinks like i have liquor in my house i never also i'm at the point now where i'm like liquor doesn't even like make me think of anything if anything what i want to do is just get like so stoned and just like take a shroom gummy and like pass out exactly like i don't want to like like I've done it all. I I was doing so many drugs when like I was so young. I don't know how like I'm still here. Mm. So I'm like the fact that you know whatever works for anybody is what works for them. Exactly. There's no judgment, there's no shame. There's nothing like that coming from me. Mm -hmm. um, I just know what works for me now. Like I can't even during New Year's I'll have a glass of champagne and I won't even like fully finish it same yeah i'm the same way if i make a cameo to drinking that's what i call it it'll be a shot that's funny quick cameo to drinking. you know just a little pop-up number quick easy painless to me yeah i don't want to hold around a drink that i'm not i spent 15 dollars on that i'm yeah. not gonna finish and have to hand to my friend it's watered down let me just take the shot to kill and call today yeah but that doesn't happen often but interesting yeah well, so where are you right now in terms of life? Like, I love, first of all, like, I love that we got to really talk about a lot of your life. And I'm thankful for you, mm. for one, coming, and two, opening up. Thank you. And for hopefully it. I made this comfortable for you. No, I'm so comfortable. Okay, amazing. So considering the journey of Convo we went through, where are you right now when it comes to personally, career, styling DJing because when I see you in your Instagram I'm just like there she is <laughs> doing it and doing it and doing it styling for Lil Nas X Koyla Ray who like I love your work together Koi is a fashion girl but yeah where are you right now when it comes to all those things um I definitely I'm very happy seeing what I've built so far. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very happy that I'm in a the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Yeah. To the point where it scares me. Aww. And you try to self-sabotage sometimes, but that's why your, your therapist is there. Exactly. Um, I'm... You know, I feel like right now there's so much that I've worked for and I'm seeing and I'm like, I never would have thought that I would get here. Maybe even at this age. Mm -hmm. um, I never thought that I would be friends with certain people or, or be able to experience life the way that I'm experiencing now. 
Mm. And um, it definitely has happened because of my mentality, like how I've changed my way of thinking from when that whole 2016 cancer thing happened. Because I was a different person. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy and I'm very grateful. And I'm, I think I'm very cognizant now of like what I do because of how it will affect people around me and people that like look up to me, even though it may sound like to some people it may sound delusional or some people it may sound, you know, like I'm full of myself or whatever, but that's also why I wanted to do this because I'm human mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't get to see that or hear that. And um, I'm just really thinking about my future now and just how every decision that I make kind of causes something. It causes an effect, obviously. Mm. But yeah, I'm very, um, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm kind of at peace. Kind of at peace meaning because work is work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love what I do. I'm very happy and proud of the work that I do, both with fashion and in music. Mm. And I feel like I'm, I've melded the two worlds together. Yeah. You definitely did. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it was possible. I thought I was going to have to choose one. Yeah. Especially now I was talking about this with a friend of mine, like our industry, let alone society as a whole has gotten so obsessed with the idea of branding Mm -hmm. where people kind of brand themselves into a corner. Yeah. And it's like, no babes, you're the brand. What you do should be what, you bring your brand to, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I think you've done that so well. Thank you. Masturbate's a DJ. When you're styling, Coyle Ray been masercised. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're in all those different components of what you do. You could have more that you add to your life and to your career, but you, your personality, and what makes you is the constant thread throughout all those things, which I think people kind of lose when they brand themselves into a corner. So as an observer, you're doing great. <laughs> More than just great, girl. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. What would you like offer as advice to like your 25-year-old self? Because I just turned 26. Mm. I'm in the endless grinding cycle, broke with expensive taste, the fame era, if you will. This is <laughs> this is my keytar that I'm carrying around we've, the Lower East we've Side. We've all been there. You so know? I'm like, I've been there. I did not just wake up one day and like have the things that I have or anything like that. I think my advice to my younger self or to anyone in that age is have fun, have as much fun as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's what I did. Cause one day you're going to wake up and Fun is going to be really hard to come by. Mm. Um, And you're going to have to find different ways of, like, having fun. Um, Obviously not destructive, but, you know, have fun. Don't take things too seriously until you need to. (laughs) Good advice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. For real. Thanks for coming here. Thanks. I always say it to you. I'll, like, reply it to, like, stories like say like I want to go see like a set of yours always be like 
you have no idea how much like he soundtracked my friends and I's night out, but like I'm here to tell you in person, you have no idea how much he soundtracked my friends and I's (laughs) nights out. So thank you for that. Thanks for everything. Thank you for being like just such a good inspiration. Like it's not just even like career wise, but when I was getting for this interview, I was talking to my friend who's from Chicago and is in town. And I'm like, yeah, I have Matthew on Mazerbate. He's like, no way. He's like, I love his, like all the stuff he does, his styling and his DJing and everything. He's like, he always just seems like a really good person. He's like, you know, there's people in the city that are like, you know, they may be kind and have this amount of followers and verified and everything, but like you meet them and they're just mm, a facade, just not their, their brand, their product. Whereas we are like, yeah, he always just seems like just a real ass person. In which you are. So thanks for always being that. Not that I have to thank you for that, but you know, just extra validation if you needed. Thanks for letting me know. Of course. And thanks for having me. Thank you. You're the best for real. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for sharing everything too. Of course. Because I know it's like weird. This is like a s- actual studio with like lights and shit <laughs> like that with fucking like four cameras looking at you. So I it's kind of live. Yeah. No, exactly. It's quite glamorous, isn't it? Yeah. I think people come, they think it's me in like a dingy basement with a camera and a ring light. And I'm no, like, it's no. Glam. It's glam. We love it. Exactly. Thank you. Of Hopefully course. I could see you soon next time you're playing or something. Yeah. I would love to. Are you doing anything this summer? There will be many What's things in Pride. Gorgeous. Yeah, they're already coming in, so it's going to be exhausting June. <sighs> I will see all of us. All of us will be out together. All of June. us will be there. I'll yeah. bring my sugar-free Red Bull and my lifesavers. <laughs> I'll be there. Thank you for real for coming. Everyone. Y'all can tune in next week. New episode, me, myself, and follow me at Bad Bussy. Follow the Instagram at mm underscore and pod. Such a complicated name. That was the only <laughs> one that was available. But regardless, I'm going to have all your information Cute. in the bio and all that, all the producer technical things and everything. But yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace. Thank you. Of course. Thank you.